You are listening to Mastering Law, the podcast. I'm attorney Tom Goolsby, and it is great to have you with us. Today's episode is entitled Time Management Map, and we've got a lot of great information to share with you. I do ask that if you like this podcast and the podcast we put out, would you do me two favors? First, please make sure to share this with other lawyers, friends, co-workers, uh, everybody you can think of. Tell them about Mastering Law, the podcast, and tell them to go listen to it. You can actually forward these to people, and we would so appreciate that. Subscribe to the podcast so that you get every single episode. And after you share it, subscribe to it, do this big, big favor for us. Go to iTunes. You're probably already there if you're downloading all these and you've subscribed. And rate us. Give us a five-star rating and say something wonderful about us. That really helps us in the rankings at iTunes and would be so appreciated. And remember, we give all this to you for free, just asking for one well, a couple of little favors. Thank you so much. Now let's jump right into this time management map. What are we talking about? Well, I love this analogy. If you don't have a map, you're not going to get to your destination. And if you don't have a map, you're going to get somewhere. And where is that? Well, it's probably going to be nowhere. You're going to be driving in circles. You're going to end up arriving at a place you didn't plan to get to. And my mother would kill me for ending a sentence in a preposition. But you're going to end up getting somewhere that you never planned. And what we've got to do from the very beginning with our time management is literally map things out. Now, what are the best maps? Well, they're always the simplest ones. And I am, I am a firm believer. I learned this in the Marine Corps and if you study combat history, you find over and over again, the best generals always had very simple plans. What did Napoleon do? He would write up his battle plan. He would call in a corporal or a private, have that person read it and repeat it back to him. If they couldn't tell him what it was he wanted the general he was going to send that plan to to execute, then Napoleon would tear it up and start all over again. Keep it simple and straightforward. That old KISS analogy, keep it simple, stupid. I like keep it simple and straightforward. I don't ever want to call people stupid, but you can be real stupid if you don't have a plan or if you have one that's so complicated that it's never going to get carried out. Now, when we say complicated, what does that mean? Well, this is our daily map, mapping out what we've got to get done. And the one thing I hate is waking up in the mornings and feeling like I have all this crap hanging over me. You know how it is when you look at your calendar and you've got a deposition here, a motion hearing there, a long complicated meeting with a client, a negotiation, you got to draft all, you know how it is when you've just got those days you dread as an attorney. Well, I like to have, at least as far as my daily map goes, one that I'm going to feel a lot of accomplishment when I get it done and it's not going to be overwhelming. So, First and foremost, our first rule here, besides having a map, besides keeping it simple, we're going to have one to five things, valuable things to get accomplished that day. Now, if they're small things, we can do them completely. 
If they're big things, and we're going to talk more about what big things are, but if they're big, complicated things, like maybe they are drafting a standard operating procedure for your firm on case intake and personal injury cases, and you know that's going to involve a lot of things, okay? Well, we might break those up into several tasks over several days rather than overwhelming ourselves. And we'll get a little pat on the back from ourselves because we've accomplished something moving the ball down the field, to use a football analogy. We've gotten something out of the way, and we've been able to move it forward. Now, when do we start this list of one to five things to get done? Well, I love the notes section that I have on my iPhone, because I can, and I have hundreds of notes, all sorts of valuable information. Google has, a, actually it's saved at Google, but it's through my iPhone. And so it loads up wherever I go, wherever I am. If I don't have my iPhone, I can get it on online by just logging into Google. And what I find is those notes are invaluable for me to put down things, to put lists together, things that I want to get accomplished in the future. Now, I like to, throughout the course of a day or days, I like to put that list together, things that I want to get accomplished. Uh, the end of the day is probably the best time to get that list put together for the following day. What do we talk about over and over again is the way things are plugged into your subconscious so that your subconscious is able to sit there and mull it over. You know, it's just on its own little it's on its own little cycle. It just works there in the back of your brain as you're doing stuff in your forebrain. Your subconscious is doing things in the background, and that's fine. It's like an automatic you know, computer program that's just running in the background. That's great. Plug those things in, but put that list together, if you possibly can, prior to the, the, the end of that day before you're going to try to carry those things out and write them down. Put them down in, if nothing more than the notes on your iPhone or your Android. And again, we've not done a teaching yet on how to make the most out of your out of your smartphone, but I'm going to do one. I'm collecting notes right now on so many ways that I use video, I use photographs, I use emails, text messages with my staff, back and forth, all the time-saving little tricks that I've learned as a litigator over the years to really allow me to, to save so much time. This iPhone, the, the notes that you have, is, is another really good one. You can also, of course, you can have all sorts of tasks, you know, apps and those kind of things that you can use too. But again, I find that kind of stuff bothersome. Although checking those off, having them complete, does feel awfully good. And it is something you, of course, can use. Now, besides coming up with that list of one to five things to accomplish, and we're going to talk about the small things and the large things and what they really make up, the other thing you've got to do is you must prioritize those things. Because why? All you'll do is go and complete the easy, knock them out, the first three that you could do in five minutes apiece, and you'll feel great about yourself, but you'll leave the two big tasks that you'll never get done. And again, you don't have to have five tasks, but no more than five. You can have one task that's really important that you've got to get done. And this is in addition to going to court, those kinds of things, but it's stuff you need to get knocked out that you really want to put on a list. So prioritizing is so important. For example, 
you can't simply prioritize just the short-term stuff, like marketing. Well, what is marketing? Marketing is typically a long-term goal, right? Uh, meeting, with, putting together a complaint, or reviewing a complaint, or uh, potential deal negotiation bullet points that you need to put together. Those kind of things are stuff that you you might very well want to put together, and it is a high priority. But that's typically short-term kind of stuff. Whereas marketing, preparing standard operating procedures, staff training in telephone procedures, whatever it might be, those things are longer-term goals to get accomplished, to really have your staff fully trained up. And we're going to have a great training here soon on staff training, on education of your staff, how valuable that is. Not simply meetings to talk about bullet points, but to actually train your staff to increase their value exponentially to you. But that is a long-term kind of project. Short-term stuff, yeah, you could put a list together every day of five or ten things to come in and knock out, return phone calls, emails, blah, blah, blah. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about things you need to prioritize and get done, and then you need to put everything on that list into a priority category. Now remember, we're talking about a short list. A long list doesn't work. We're not talking about you saying, oh, I'm going to do everything on the new website redesign tomorrow because you know you're not going to do it. In fact, you may get some of it done, but you won't have a feeling of accomplishing anything because you didn't narrow it down to a scope that you could do it. Like maybe you'll do the introduction to the law firm. Uh, you, the writing you're going to do on that and, and a couple of other bullet points that you'll get done. And maybe that's what you're going to do on Monday. And maybe again Wednesday, you'll do something else. And Friday, you'll do something else. And you'll carve out 20 minutes, 35 minutes, 50 minutes. And again, going much more than 50 minutes is, again, not going to make a lot of sense unless you break it up. And again, it just gets overwhelming. Why not let your let your, your, your creative juices flow, work on a task for a certain period of time, the shorter the better, as long as you can get something accomplished, and not sort of like starting and stopping again and again and again, but 20 minutes, 50 minutes, then take a break, come back a couple of days later, and continue to work on that big task. So again, we need a short list, long lists will not work, and you can't simply cherry pick the easy items, and not have any long-term items, any difficult things to get done, and strategic stuff. You can't leave that out, the strategic long-term things. Now, after you've come up with your list and you've prioritized it, you next need to establish the length of time for the items that you're going to address and do your best to stick to that time period, or even better, cut it down. It's sort of like the way I pack. I get ready to go on a trip. I pull out everything I think I want to take and I stack it on the bed. Then I think about how much of this crap do I want to drag around for the next week or two and how much can I literally get, a, get, get out of the picture and realize I can wash stuff, I can rearrange things, I can do stuff on the trip to not have to lug all this crap around. Well, that's what you want to do here. You want to end up listing out the things that is you're going to do, 
look at that list, prioritize it, then figure out what time period it's going to take you to do it. And as best you can, just like me cutting down, instead of carrying three sweaters, I'm going to carry one sweater, cut the time period down. And maybe cut the focus down. Because again, you using lots of energy in short bursts of 20 minutes, 50 minutes, is going to be a whole lot better than you sitting there wasting your time being unproductive over a big three-hour period. We've talked about that in the past. You can listen to some of the other podcasts where we really talk about focusing. It's the one on optimizing your brain power. I would encourage you to listen to that again. I, I won't sit here and repeat it all for you. But got to make sure, too, that when you're going to do your focus on these items, maybe it is the marketing plan for the firm, and you, you, know, you can even briefly outline the bullet points that you want to address in your 50-minute period to sort of give yourself a head start and where you're going to go, then you got to make sure, as we've talked about also on past episodes, that you don't get interrupted that when you do start working, you're able to really focus. You're not taking phone calls. You're not getting text messages. You're not doing emails. You're focusing on this task because it's your job, your duty. You're going to feel good about knocking this task out and getting it done for the day, one that you can accomplish. And remember, Parkinson's Law. The reason I keep talking about cutting the time period down, Parkinson's Law tells you that time will expand to fill the space that you give for the task. If you give a 20-minute task 50 minutes, how long is it going to take you? 50 minutes. If you give a 50-minute task three hours, how long is it going to take you? Three hours. So again, make sure that you give the task the minimum amount of time. And what can you do if you don't get it done? Hey, you can go over the things you have gotten done and then reset what you didn't get done during that task period for another one. And again, as long as you plan this out and keep kicking the ball down the field, you're going to get somewhere, you know. So do the hardest task. Now, here's the next one. Do the hardest task first. Best thing you can do when you jump in, when you're the freshest, is to go to that hard task. Now, remember, if it's a complicated task that's going to take lots of time and just mentally wear you out, start early. Don't wait. A week before it's due, start back two weeks, four weeks, five weeks, if you can, and break it down into chunks. You've heard that joke, probably everybody listening, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And that's exactly how you approach hard tasks. Break them down into pieces and eat one bite at a time. What you've also got to make yourself do is finish tasks before you leave the office, if at all possible. Be a finisher. Be a stickler about trying to get that task done. And if you don't get it done, like I said, pat yourself on the back for what you got done and set up the remainder of that task as soon as possible to get it complete. And maybe you have certain things you do on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Maybe you have something you do on a Monday and then later on a Wednesday or a Friday. So again, reset it. If you could possibly knock it out first thing the next morning, if it would fall into the category of a hard task, then knock it out and make yourself proud. And again, it's these little bitty wins. You know how it is when you finish a task and you've gotten it done, you feel so damn good about it. Well, make sure that you've set yourself up to be able to accomplish those 
and not totally burn yourself out on that first task of the morning. But again, sometimes we got that kind of stuff that we've got to do. So again, get yourself in, knock it out. If you've got to arrive early to get it done, do it. Don't make yourself do that every day of the week, but when you've got those, knock them out. You'll feel so much better about yourself. Now, here's another one. Set one, no more than two times a day to batch your emails. We've talked about that before. And to return calls and text messages if you can wait that long on the text. Sometimes you get emergency stuff. Sometimes you've actually got clients that are calling that actually you need to call back or potential clients or things you may have to do. But let me tell you, and this actually comes later and I may mention it again, but when you have like five tasks and you get into the office and you start that first task and you've got 20 minutes to get it done, you knock that one out. As you're transitioning to the next task, guess what you can do? You can Look at that text message from a staffer that says, hey, you need to call Bill Smith about an emergency. You can do it during that time period. Once you've gotten the first task done, you can call him, tell him, of course, that you're in the middle of a number of things. You got his important message. What's the situation? So instead of getting yourself involved, if at all possible, in an hour-long phone call or whatever, find out what the talking points are what you need to get done, get that moving, and then segment that off. Maybe set a time later in the day to do it. Go into your next task and get it knocked out. Transition periods are great times to deal with emergencies. But let me tell you, returning phone calls that are routine is not an emergency. Answering emails, which are other people's priorities, is not an emergency. That is not what you do every chance you get throughout the day to pull yourself off task. And I'm going to give you an amazing statistic here in just a minute. It's just going to blow your mind as to how much it can actually be a time waster and can suck away all of your productivity. We're going to, we're going to go over that here in just a minute. But again, set no more than two times a day to batch your emails and to return phone calls. And you might say, wait a minute, return phone calls? People expect me to call them back right away. You're an attorney, okay? They understand or they, they, they need to be educated. And we've got another training coming up in the future on how to train your clients from the beginning as to how you work so you don't set unreasonable expectations. But you do not need to be a slave to clients and to their phone calls and to, the, to their immediate desires for gratification, you have got to batch things and make sure that you are in control of your day. Your staff is not. Your clients are not. Your children are not. Your spouse is not. You are. And if you don't take control over that, what do they say? How do you get to be a doormat? You lay down. Well, stop being a doormat if you are being one. Here's another rule. Make sure that your tasks take no more than five hours out of your day. Now, you might say, wait a minute, I got a lot of stuff to do. Well, you know what? If you're coming up with five important tasks, and again, that's no more than five tasks to do every day, things you've just got to get done, don't let them be more than five hours out of your day. Why? Because you need time to do other things. Other things happen. Life happens. Emergencies happen. Again, make sure 
that you schedule your hardest prioritized task first and then you work those throughout your day, but that you have no more than five hours of planned tasks so you can do other things, so you can be productive in other ways and do the other work you've got to do. Now, another time mastery rule as we push through all this, is, and this will help you being able to get your tasks done, is the one-touch rule. Every time you touch anything, you either, one, finish it, or you at least move it somewhere along the line of processing it to completion. What does that mean? Let's get, do an example with email. You get emails. You start going through your email list. You go through and you open up the email as you come to it. You open that email up and you realize, hey, this is something I can resolve now quickly. <clears throat> you resolve it. If it's something where you need a file, you need other things to happen, then you can send that email to a staffer, to one of your paralegals, your legal assistants, or an associate lawyer or a partner, whoever it might be, and perhaps it's to your paralegal. It's a criminal case, and it's State v. Smith. You need to see that so you can set up a motion hearing. Well, you don't have the time to do the motion hearing right now. You're in the middle of, a, of doing your emails, but you know that indeed I need that file. What do you do? Fire that email off to your paralegal. Please bring me the Smith file. Pull up the motion that I prepared. Whatever it is that they can do for you to bring to your desk that you can work through it. And then you take that email and transfer it over to whatever it might be. The, the client's email box, the uh, to-be-in-process uh, box, whatever it might be. But you've moved that task along to completion. You've not completed it yet. And maybe the file's right on your desk and you can complete it, but at least either finish it or move it along. Now, the other things that you can deal with are, as far as the handle later items, and those might be, again, going back to the email, maybe all you do is you shift that email off to nothing more than a receptacle box where it's going to be batch processed later. So what you've done is you've reviewed it, you've sent it off to the next box down your line where you'll come back to it and actually batch process things. And remember, we talk about batch processing all the time. It's important to put things into batches where you can sit down in a set amount of time and go through and handle as many things that are related at one time as possible so you get those economies of scale. You're able to sit there and knock those things out. Don't simply pass things by to a handle later. I'll come back. Now, I touched on this just a minute ago. Why? Well, each minute that we spend visiting a file, revisiting an email, a document, mail itself, stopping and starting projects to take phone calls like on your priority list, haphazardly checking your emails because you just have to because your computer's there and you just need to do it. Those can end up, and there have been studies that have been done, they can end up average executives' time, 30 minutes a day, can be taken up just flittering back and forth doing tasks that completely take you off base besides the amount of time and brain energy it takes 
to refocus back on to what it was you were doing before. Or you forget important things because your mind is so scattered and in so many different places. That can eat up on average. Average, average executive can easily eat up 30 minutes a day. And you say, well, what's 30 minutes a day? It's five 40-hour weeks a year, a month and a week. A month and a week of your time every year that is blown. So when I start talking about the one-touch rule, I'm not joking around. I mean, think of it. You could if, if you stop wasting the time and literally incorporate this one-touch rule, guess what you save? You save one month and one week on average of your time, five work weeks a year. Wouldn't you like to have that time off <laughs> or be that much more productive? Well, I just gave you the answer to it. Now, when you're working on your list, like I said before, nobody interrupts you, period, unless it's a real emergency. And you may have to train your staff several times by chiding them, by re-educating them. You don't interrupt me when I'm doing my tasks, I told y'all I'm involved in it, and I do that. I literally say, hey, I can't be disturbed for about 20 minutes. I got something I've got to do. They know not to bother me unless it's a real emergency. One of the children is hurt. God forbid my spouse is in a wreck. I mean, whatever it might be, that's when and only when I want to be disturbed or the judge is calling from the courthouse, whatever it might be. Now, what about important time-sensitive matters, returning unexpected new client inquiries, emails, texts, those kinds of things that are important. Like I said earlier, and this bears repeating, do those during your transition periods from one task to the next. In other words, you're not getting off task. You get your task done, and you do maybe. You check your text messages to see if there's an emergency, or your parent, you just check with your paralegal, hey, everything cool? Any emergency I got to tend with right now before I go into the next task? Oh, we got a couple of things, whatever. Maybe you go for a quick walk. Maybe you do return a phone call to a new client when you're taking your 10-minute break after 50 minutes like we talk about. What does that do? Well, that actually increases your productivity about 30% on average. Just getting up, moving around, getting your blood pumping, stretching a little bit, maybe doing some exercise at your desk or going for a walk. That increases your productivity rather than just sitting there like a sack of potatoes hour after hour after hour, falling asleep, dead tired, mind wandering. None of that works for you. Okay, so use those transition periods. Do what you got to do. Now, the last piece of advice, be so careful as to what goes on your list. Every day, you got to make sure that at least one strategic seed is on that list. Examples, marketing plan, review of your income for the month, preparation of a standard operating procedure, survey of staff uh, regarding implementation of a new standard operating procedure, whatever it might be, something strategic. Why is that? Because most of us in our practices never do anything strategic unless there's an emergency. Until the, the phone stop ringing, most people don't think about, oh, how could I get better clients? How could I increase my prices by doing advertising that breaks me out from the pack and makes me more of a boutique firm where people are going to pay higher prices? How do I improve the quality 
of the work that comes out of my office. How I mean, on and on and on, the, the, the strategic things almost never get done because they're not urgent, but they are important. And you've got to make sure on your list are important items that are both urgent and non-urgent, but important nonetheless. And, and I came up with a good analogy, and I, I know I've probably heard it somewhere else, but I, I came up with it off the top of my head. And it was, every oak starts as an acorn. And that is so true. Think of the biggest oak tree you've ever seen started as an acorn is just a little seed. And that's what your time commitment into these big strategic areas is. It's just a little seed that you're planting. And the more time and care and concern you put into it, the bigger it gets. You, it, It's like planting it in the earth, and then the more time you give to it is like sunshine and water. And all of a sudden, that little seed of an idea as to how to increase the firm's marketing in such and such an area, it, or, or to improve the quality of your staff's work, to really train them, to really hone things down, to make sure you hold on to the valuable clients. You know, the things that really count in your practice, how do those grow? Well, those grow because you devote, it doesn't have to be a lot of time, just a little time. I mean, how much water does a seed need? Not a lot. How much sunshine? Not a whole lot, typically, but it has to have some of it. And if you don't give it some time, and you give constantly. I mean, you can't simply plant a seed, water it one day, and then not give it any water for five weeks. It'll just die. What you've got to do is you've got to consistently do the right thing. See that it gets sunshine. See that it gets water. Grow it. How do you do that? Well, that is you keep it on your calendar. You move it. Maybe you do strategic marketing once a week for 20 minutes. Maybe you do it twice a week. Maybe you figure out how to bring staff in and maybe you include them once a week for 15 minutes along with your own solo meeting that you have with yourself for 15 minutes on a Monday. And you bring the staff in on a, on a Wednesday or another partner or an associate or a paralegal or maybe an independent contractor who's helping you figure these things out. Again, please make sure that on your list at least one thing you've got on there day in and day out is a strategic thing because those are your acorns. They're going to produce your oaks. Well, folks, that is the time management map. I hope you've taken good notes. You found this interesting. Don't just listen to what we talk about. When you, you know, treat it like a law class. I, I, I taught law uh, for about 18 years, I guess, something like that. And, you know, be a law student again. When you listen to what we're talking about, jot some notes down. You know, just listening to it, as you know, and again, lawyers, highly educated people. It's not like I'm talking to uh, folks that don't have any education. I mean, you know, as a highly educated lawyer who's gone through law school, you know what it's like to, to take notes. You know how important it is, how much your attention increases when you jot a few things down. Then go back and look these things over again. Remind yourself about them and implement them. Because just listening to the podcast ain't going to do a lot for you. But jotting down some notes from it, committing yourself to following these things, if you just do a tenth of what I talk about, you're going to see incredible growth in your law practice. It's going to get easier. You're going to make more money. 
you're going to simplify your life and you're going to enjoy what you're doing so much more. And we've got another podcast that's going to be coming up in the future that's all about making sure that you take the kind of breaks you need to succeed. That's going to be one in the future. It may be the next one. We shall see. But again, I'm Attorney Tom Goolsby for Mastering Law. We sure appreciate you being with us. We love to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Please make sure to go to iTunes, rate us, give us a five-star rating, say some nice things about us, and also share our podcasts with your fellow attorneys so they can also receive the help. Because remember, there's always room at the top. You don't have to be afraid of competition if you're willing to work hard. Thanks so much, my friends. God bless. We love to hear from you. We'll be back very soon.